Hi, my name's Paul. And I'm Rod. As well as a deep love for all things travel, combined we have more than 60 years experience in the travel industry. We've both held senior roles and travelled the globe. From some of the most remote parts of Asia, we've driven coast to coast in the USA. We've navigated the rivers of the world in dugout canoes and onboard luxury cruises and eaten our way around the best that Europe has to offer. We've made loads of friends along the way who are experts on their part of the world. And in this series, we'll share their inside knowledge to help you create the best travel experiences. So, make sure your seatbelt is fastened tight and low and your loose items are placed in the seat pocket in front of you. Welcome aboard. This is Seat 56A. Paul, I think that many Australians make the mistake of thinking that New Zealand is not going to be any different to holidaying in their own home country. But it really couldn't be further from the truth, could it? Because they've got two separate main islands to explore, a fantastic Maori culture for visitors to, to discover, it's value for money, and it's virtually impossible to have a bad food and wine experience there. So what more could you ask for? Well, you can ask for more today, Rod, and I couldn't agree more. But uh, today we're actually doing a, a double episode, and today is our first episode where we'll be exploring the North Island. Our guide today in seat 56A is Tony Saunders. He's the former general manager of Tourism New Zealand. Tony has a real passion for this part of the world. As you'll hear, he's got a deep knowledge of its people, the places, its unique culture. Plus, some little bonuses, Rod, you'll be pleased to know. We have some special practical tips like my how to survive a blow to the head from a tomahawk axe when camping. Uh, Rod, you'll be giving us a masterclass in your 3am do-it-yourself wine Wine blending. (laughs) And also how to avoid being set upon by an angry swarm of disgruntled glowworms. Brilliant. Well, let's recline our seats, settle back and discover all there is to know about travelling New Zealand's North Island. Kia ora, Tony. Uh, look, let, let's start with a few practical questions. Um, firstly, on, on weather, and I know New Zealand has some very, very distinct seasons, obviously a thriving ski industry, but in terms of what people might consider a, a no-go month of the year, I, you know, I'm guessing that there are different attractions for different times of the year, but is there a time of the year that people should just really avoid because of weather? Think about it as you would when travelling in around Australia where there's certain times that there is uh, a busier because of domestic travellers, specifically uh, over that Christmas New Year period. It's exactly the same in New Zealand. Um, so just think about that. Um, so I'd, I'd say uh, middle to end of December and then sort of the start of January is when you're going to have most Kiwis um, on holiday as you would Aussies in Australia. So there's not many of those times of year. Um, you know, Easter might be another one, uh, but it's really just when are the Kiwis going to be themselves on holiday. Uh, but other than that, really, it's the rest of the year, which can be, which is all seasons, uh, be it summer, autumn, winter, or spring, is all uh, for various reasons a great time of year to travel to New Zealand. Good. Well, today, Tony, we're talking about, in particular, the North Island. And when we asked you for your favourite holiday experience in New Zealand, you nominated a 17-day journey through the North Island. People sometimes overlook the North Island, don't they, in in a trade-off against the alpine scenery in the south. So why should people spend more time in the north? Just the sheer 
diversity of the type of holiday you can have, which uh, really that diversity runs through right through the whole country. But within the North Island, you've got a, you know the variety of uh, holidays ranging from that sort of subtropical climate of Paihia Bay of Islands. You've got uh, then you've got the geothermal experience, the mud pools, uh, the Maori culture of the central North Island. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about Taupo and uh, Rotorua. Uh, and then you've got down the bottom of the North Island, uh, the likes of the capital of New Zealand, Wellington. Um, and then you know, surrounding Wellington, you've got some amazing wineries. Uh, you've got a, a f- fantastic art and film culture in and around Wellington. Uh, and I've skipped over a whole bunch of other experiences there, but it's really that just sheer uh, diversity of different types of experiences you're going to have, all within a uh, you know a relatively small space. So. Um, to get from the tip of the North Island to the bottom, if you drove in one go, I think it's uh, give or take um, you know, about a thousand kilometres. Right, um, but the sheer the, the variety of experiences is, is incredible. Now, listen. In the interest of full disclosure, Rod, uh, I did give Tony every opportunity to declare his conflict of interest, but the other reason he's chosen to spend so many days in the north is, of course, that he is born he's in that a northerner as well. So he's a northerner, isn't he? So, Tony, I know across these 17 days, the highlights are many. It would be impossible to list them all in the time that that we have. But I think what our listeners would be interested in is just hearing some of the things that you you recommend as um, absolutely essentials, can't miss it, must experience it. Tell us a bit about some of those highlights. Two and a half hours out of Auckland uh, heading north, so going to the very top of the North Island, you come to a little town called Paihia. Um, which is a beautiful, quaint little town set on the harbour. Um, and right next to Paihia is another a very small town called Russell. And this is where um, the Treaty of Waitangi was signed um, with uh, Captain Cook and, um, and Māori. Um, and so it's a very historic part of New Zealand. Um, it's where our, our sort of country sort of came together. Um, but it's just very quaint. It's very beautiful. Um, it's called Bay. It's the Bay of Islands region um, because there's, you know, obviously there's beautiful islands dotted through the harbour and uh, and lots of fun and interesting things to do. So that would be certainly one part of um, of uh, of the North Island. If you're a uh, at all interested in diving, um, or you are a diver, I would definitely recommend the Poor Nights, um, which is on the way to Paihia. So it's just outside of a town called Whangarei. And uh, it is the most incredible <laughs> diving location you'll uh, you'll ever come across um, and, and probably one of the best diving locations in the world. Well, so that's something I didn't know about New Zealand. People always go straight to sort of Great Barrier Reef as the place for divers in this part of the world. So that's really interesting to know. Yeah, Poor Night Islands, um, and uh, so it's, it's quite easy to get to, and it, you will just the marine life that you will see. Um, yeah, it's offshore, um, you know, and the marine life is just is just phenomenal, and it's a natural uh, reserve, so it's all protected. So as a result, you just see um, you know huge huge fish and just a huge variety of different types of marine life, um, you know, in, in in the ocean. So it's definitely if you've got any inkling to have a, a diving experience at some point in your life, I definitely recommend the Poor Nights Islands. Um, 
And then in Auckland itself would be um, definitely um, Waiheke Island is a must-do, so a 30-minute ferry ride over the CBD, um, Waiheke Island, which is covered in incredible wineries um, and also just surrounded by beautiful picturesque uh, beaches, and it's a very laid-back, casual um, island experience, so definitely. And Tony, your dad works on the ferry, I understand yeah, it. so Fuller's Ferries, which will take you across. Dad's a um, semi-retired marine engineer and he'll, he'll be on that ferry uh, ready to welcome you. Uh, let's just say hi to Rick, Rick Saunders. Um, and my nephew, Zach, will be driving the ferry, actually, now I think <laughs> about it. It's a family affair. So it's a bit of a family affair. Um, and, then the th- and then another key highlight I'd recommend would be uh, Waitomo Caves. And um, so this is this is a short drive out of uh, out of Hamilton in a small town called Waitomo, and um, this is where you see the glowworms. And you can walk around Waitomo Caves. You can get on a little boat and have a guy take you through the caves, or you can put on a wetsuit and glide through the water at your own pace and look up at the uh, at the roof of the cave and see the beautiful glowing glowworms. And it's just a very surreal, peaceful um, experience. This is not the first time you've told us about this experience. It, it uh, obviously affected you. It must be pretty special. It, it is. It's just a. Um, it just where you really feel like you're on another planet, um, and it's you know you're you're in, in as immersed in as immersed in nature as you could ever get. And is it true that if uh, the worms uh, hear an Australian accent, particularly anybody deriding any New Zealand sporting team, that they do drop on mass onto those people, sort of like a. Uh, Kill a swarm of glowworms. Is that uh, is that true? It is. It is. Um, especially if if, um, if your name's Rod, um, they tend to drop even quicker. Well, they certainly, if you make a lot of noise, they will turn off their light. Is that right, Tony? Uh, that, that that is correct. So you've got to be very quiet. Sounds a very peaceful experience. <laughs> Where are we heading to from the caves, Tony? Uh, you can't go past Hobbiton. We've probably heard about Hobbiton. Um, so it's where um, Peter Jackson shot some scenes for the, you know, his famous Lord Lord of the Rings movies. So it's it's a it's a movie set. But even if you're not that interested in the movie, it, it is quite an incredible experience. The way that they've crafted um, the Hobbiton experience, where you'll be taken through, and uh, you'll hear all the stories about um, you know how they made the movie. Um, they've created a, a pub, the Blue Dragon Pub, um, and you almost feel like you're in the movie when you go to um, when you go to Hobbiton. So it's even if you're not interested in, in that that type of movie, then the experience itself will um, will certainly get you going. So then over to Rotorua, um, and the real highlights here are the hot pools, the geothermal hot pools. So this is where. Um, very relaxing, um, and you can sit there. The steam's coming out of the ground, and you look at and you can look up and see the stars. Um, it's just a very peaceful, relaxing um, experience, and also lots of multi-culture experiences on offer. Um, you know, whether you want to you know uh, get up close and learn more about the history and the stories, or uh, see a uh, a full-blown multicultural performance, um, it's all on offer particularly um, in Rotorua. So Rotorua would be one of my favourite parts of the North Island, um, especially for, for people who haven't been to New Zealand. Uh, it's a great way to learn more about Māori culture and also get that geothermal experience, which comes with a little dose of um, eggs um, when you first arrive. But people overstate that, right? People people sort of make a bit of a fuss about that, but it's something you get used to very quickly, don't you, in terms of the 
Absolutely, it's it's, it's it's very it's a very unique smell. Um, but yeah, you get you you do get used to it. It's it's not overbearing at all. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I'm just about to switch on the in-flight entertainment. A quick recommendation, though, from everyone here on the flight deck. Tune into seat 56A to get all the insider tips you need on your next vacation. Seat 56A, best travel podcast ever. Excuse me, sir. Passengers can't be using the PA system. Please return to your seat immediately. Well, that would be seat 56A, of course. Right, that's it. You're coming in cuffs. Shouldn't we go for a drink before you break out the cuffs? I mean, I don't even know your name. Become a travel insider and subscribe to Seat 56A today. Tony, you mentioned the uh, the, the Māori experiences that are available in, in Rotorua in particular. I think for any first-time traveller to New Zealand, you might think you know what a haka is if you've seen it on a uh, at a football game on television or whatever, but until you're standing in front of... Uh, that sort of performance, uh, you just don't know how it can go right through you. Absolutely. And, and then I think it's also, um, you know, I think it's great for Australians to, I guess, understand more about uh, the haka and um, and just more about Māori culture in general. Um, you know, the haka itself is, you know, the, the reason it's done and it's more of a ch- it's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, you know, it's not just I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not here to kill you. It's here to... To pose a challenge to you, but I think just learning more about um, why it's performed and then also the culture in general, I think, is um, is really interesting, particularly for Australians who have seen little bits and pieces, particularly at sporting um, events in the past. So where to next, Tony? One of my real favourites was right in the centre of the North Island is Taupo, uh, which is a little town right next to Lake Taupo, which is it's a massive, beautiful lake, and uh, it's it's just a must. It's, yeah, it's it's a pleasure. Really, must stop at for a couple of days, um, and just experience everything on offer um, in and around the lake itself, on the lake, um, be it kayaking or boating or um, you know next to the lake in terms of the the golf courses or um, there's a great bungee jump in in Taupo as well. The Taupo that's why I did my first bungee jump as a, as a youngster. Um, and it's a beautiful little town. It's only about an hour and a half outside of Rotorua. And it's a, it's a must stop at, particularly for Australians. Tony, we're, we're talking about a sort of fly drive itinerary here is the, is, um, uh, the particular way people might enjoy this itinerary. Um, but do you think there's a best way to, to get around on this trip? I mean, for some people, is, is camper van uh, the best option? Is a, a car with hotel accommodation in the mix? You know, what are the things that people should consider when weighing up one against the other? I mean, it's it comes down to personal preference, um, and I mean there are some great places to stay, uh, admittedly. So in terms of um, you know B B and Bs um, or even you know four or five star hotels, uh, there's excellent. Um, Excellent accommodation right through the North Island. So, uh, in in that vein, you're know, hiring a car and then just mapping out an itinerary where you can then book accommodation along the way is a great way to see to see the island and that part of the country. Um, and you know, the I think the camper van is probably more associated with a holiday around the South Island, but nothing to stop you doing the same thing in the North Island if that's your preference. 
So is there any consideration around, you know, sort of capacity if people haven't ever driven a, a camper van before? Is New Zealand an easy place to be a first-time camper van driver or would you say that people should be a little bit more experienced? Driving a camper van is surprisingly very easy. Uh, they are power steering. Um, so even if you're not a confident driver, even just in a car, camper vans aren't, really aren't that difficult. Um, so... That would be the first thing. The second thing is that um, driving around, there's, there's probably only um, a couple of differences between driving around New Zealand versus driving around Australia. The first one being that in Australia, um, there's a lot more straight highways than what there are in New Zealand. New Zealand, you've got a lot more corners. So um, pretty much all other rural road rules are exactly the same, but in New Zealand, you've just got to be uh, more cautious in the fact that you're going to be driving around a lot more winding roads um, than what you would in Australia. As you know, in Australia, you can drive for several hours and, and just go straight. <laughs> that doesn't really exist in New Zealand. Tell me, in terms of the, the drives, and, and you know, we've already pointed out the fact that uh, you're going to get a sore neck uh, from the amount of spectacular uh, scenery that you're going to see as you're moving along these roads. Um, is there a particular stretch in the north where you should, where people should really make sure they allow plenty of time for stops because around every bend they're going to get another one of those amazing photo, photographic opportunities? One that springs to mind is, a, is around the central plateau, central North Island region, um, and we around Lake Taupo. So driving around Lake Taupo, which takes you know an hour or two, um, but you've got Mount Ruapehu on the other side of the lake. So effectively, you're driving around a beautiful lake and in the background, as you get closer and closer, you can see Mount Ruapehu and that central, what's called the central plateau region, um, which is just it's beautiful landscape. So uh, the road runs right around the lake and you just want to sort of take your time and just sort of make sure you take it all in. You touched on accommodation before. Um just, I know New Zealand is famous for some of its very boutique accommodations, fishing lodges, um, sort of lodges in remote areas. In the north, is there, for somebody who was wanting to push the boat out, is there a really special accommodation experience that they should absolutely have on their list? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the luxury end, absolutely. Um, so we're talking about the likes of uh, Cary Cliffs. Um, you know, it depends on what you're, if you're passionate about golf or if you're passionate about fly fishing, um, or if you're passionate about you know just luxurious food and wine experiences, um, there's a, a cr incredible range of uh, those lodge lodges dotted right through uh, the North Island. So it's really it just comes down to you know if, if you're a mad golfer, then you can't go past the likes of um, of Cary Cliffs, where you're going to have world class food and wine experiences as well as an amazing game of golf. And what about camping, Tony? Is that quite popular in New Zealand? Uh, it is. Um, you know, I'd probably um, naturally, you know, recommend that more for probably the South Island, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, for a f particularly first time, I think I just think there's some great accommodation options in the North Island that would be worthwhile experiences right. for your first holiday. And then once you're a bit more familiar with the country and then come back. And Maybe camp in the South Island. Because I know, yeah. Paul, you're a big fan of camping. Now you, I seem to recall that you you were camping a long time ago with your your brothers, and you had a bit of an incident with a with an axe. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for obviously it explains a lot that that particular incident. I think that's why you remember it so well. 
Rod. But yes, it, it is true. It wasn't actually camping, but we were <laughs> we were um, trying to replicate a camping experience around a, a fire in a friend's uh, backyard, in fact. And my younger brother had picked up the tomahawk that had been used to split the wood and was... Um, despite having been told not to, was swinging it backwards and forwards over his head. I happened to be sitting behind him and he collected me right in the forehead <laughs> with the with the back of the axe. And uh, very, very quickly my, uh, my forehead sort of uh, ballooned and closed down over both my eyes. By the time I got to my father who was in sitting, sitting inside enjoying a cold DA, mm. um, and said, Dad, I think I might need to go to a hospital. He uh, looked, I could hardly see. And he did, I do remember him saying to me, Oh, you'll be fine, son. Off you go. Um, <laughs> As they did in the 1970s. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was no, uh, there was no ramifications at all for my uh, repercussions at all for my younger brother. <laughs> I just had to, uh, to uh, swallow it. But uh, yeah, no, that I have to say that uh, has put me off camping uh, considerably. So, um, but in saying I'll, that, if I'll, you you know um, the Coromandel in the North Island is that's where I camped as a child um, is, is is fantastic. So we're talking about beautiful, lush native bush, um, you know, clean, crisp rivers, um, and then on the other side, it's a basically almost a peninsula. So then on the other side of peninsula, you got some really beautiful um, beaches. So little towns like Hahei. Um, there's one beach called Hot Water Beach where um, if you dig a hole in the sand, it actually fills with hot water. Hence the name Hot Water Beach. So that's a really cool experience for mm. um, for new visitors. But so uh, yeah, the whole of that Coromandel um, is actually fantastic um, camping if if that's your preference in terms of accommodation. We know, of course, that the South Island is uh, very famous for its wineries and uh, food experiences. But if you were only to do one wine area in the north, what would be the must-see wine area? And I, I should warn you in advance, uh, you probably don't know that Rod is a bit of a an expert in the field. He's blended some of his own wines. I've seen him wandering around bars at 3am <laughs> just picking up half-empty glasses and pouring them into one, and he gets some really good results, according to him anyway. You can't go past Martinborough, which is an hour north of Wellington. And uh, Martinborough has, uh, is really famous for its Pinot. Uh, so Pinot Noir, more associated with the South Island, particularly Otago. But Martinborough in the North Island has just fantastic range of Pinot Noir. Uh, but I might also put in there... Um, yeah, on Waiheke Island, there's some incredible wineries on Waiheke Island. Mm, the Mud House is one I remember. Uh, Mudbrick. Mudbrick, that's yeah. it. <laughs> but I'm not surprised he doesn't really remember the name. That would have been another place he was doing some of his own blending. Just going, where the, where's the Mud House? Um, so Mudbrick, yeah, is and and the beauty of Mudbrick is the location as much as the wine. So you're high perched on the hill and you look out back over the harbour yes. and out back over the city. Amazing so views. Amazing views. Tony, for travellers who are doing a more freewheeling itinerary, are there any attractions people should make sure they pre-book to avoid missing out? There's nothing worse than, than getting there and thinking you're going to have something like the, the jet boat experience and realising you had to book it three months in advance. Look, I, really, I think the main thing is just your, you know, your accommodation um, and just having most of your accommodation organised um, is the priority and then once you're in New Zealand a lot of the activities themselves can be booked once you're in New Zealand um, so there's yeah, I, I'd be fairly comfortable in leaving leaving activities until you're in the country 
Tony, I know that the Tourism New Zealand website's a really great resource for people that are planning their holiday to New Zealand, but do you have any other recommendations where people can get some detailed information on the country? Yeah, like you say, the NewZealand.com um forward slash au website's really really good and then but just your local travel agent they're gonna have a wealth of information which you can take away and uh, read through but also they can share their own personal experiences because nine times out of the ten they would have been to new zealand themselves and tony i know you've also said in the past that a, a really good map is a sort of essential thing to have on board when you are traveling around new zealand so people should make sure they get hold of one of them and i know you've also offered that if they can't find a good map that you'll personally draw one up for them so we'll make sure they have your address details if they please want to do pop around please do, and more, do that. more than happy to draw a map for any of your listeners um, and the price again is a bottle of vodka i think is that right yeah look just I'm, I'm just happy to help people plan their holiday to new zealand so we can we can use the map that's tattooed on my arm as a starting point and go from there <laughs> he's a handy lad with a pencil paul yes Tony, we really want to thank you for your time today. It's been great talking about the uh, the North Island and tapping into your expertise. Look forward to episode two when we discuss the South Island. Mm-hmm.